0: Hello and welcome back to the European show. This is episode 11 and we're obviously back now and we will be looking back at the Champions League games that happened in this past week and will proved to be quite eventful. And to join me in doing so as always is Nick. So welcome back Nick.
1: Thank you very much Jack. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing okay. So the first place we will start is as we usually do. It's Tuesday in the Champions League which was the least eventful night uh, out of all of them. Maccabee Haifa came out and beat Juventus 2-0 in what is probably the biggest sh- shock of the Champions League so far until Haifa beat PSG. But, um, yeah, this is another nail in the coffin for PSG. And what made it more laughable is the fact that after the game, Agnelli, the the head of Juventus comes out and says Allegri will still be in charge after this game which just kind of shows how much of a state Juventus is in and how much of a joke it is really as well
1: it, it is frankly embarrassing that you lose to Maccabi Haifa, literally the easiest team I, I, I remember there was a game uh, many years back when Atleti uh, didn't pick up points at all against sorry, they didn't they didn't manage to win against Karabag in the Champions League and that was already outrageous and in those games they drew one of them and they lost one of them 1-0 or the last minute winner and in both of the games in both of the games Atleti played considerably better they just got kind of unlucky and they were like playing a Karabag team that was like shut in their own half that wasn't the case with PSG PSG didn't sorry th- my bad that, that wasn't the case with Juventus Juventus just <laughs> Juventus at times were getting outplayed by Maccabi Haifa it wasn't a close affair of like Oh yeah. Juve got so unlucky in that last minute they they conceded a goal. No they, they conceded just two normal goals. There were times where they were getting dominated. It's frankly embarrassing. It's just a, such a tactical disaster class. Like how do you manage? How do you back your manager? How do you back your players after they put push put in such a stinker of a shift? It's absolutely outrageous and honestly the, I, I generally think that either Agnelli president of Juventus is straight up delusional or he can't afford to or he can't afford to sack Allegri
0: and this obviously doesn't help Juventus one bit with the ch- with the chances of making it into the round of 16 as they losing to the team that would likely finish bottom well of the group is not the best and then to trying and face the two hardest teams in the group in PSG and Benfica in the last two games makes it even worse and obviously if Juventus are in financial problems not qualifying for the round of 16 of the Champions League and having to drop down to the Europa League will make it even worse and stuff is just going to go from bad to worse the longer they keep Allegri in charge but obviously they, as they can't afford to sack Allegri they're just gonna have to ride the wave and it doesn't help that like there's now a rift between the club or within the club because of the players not some players not liking Allegri some players backing Allegri as well
1: yeah I mean it, it certainly looks like the players on the pitch aren't particularly motivated as well none of them really uh, are very energetic Pogba is currently injured but when he comes back, he is famous for uh, being very dependent on his motivation, and I think will really ref- uh, that'll really reflect kind of like the changing room mood once we see him on the pitch, because obviously if he's playing like dead and, and and unenergetic, it'll it'll show that no one really supports the the idea of the manager, and obviously it'll just be funny to to, to see him uh, playing for Juventus. So the, the real question is, can Allegri really survive until the end of the season? Because he has to be sacked at some point he's a dead manager He, he's not good enough for for, for a good team anymore so like at, at, one po- at what point will they let go of him
0: I don't think anyone knows I think it, yeah as long as Juventus don't get relegated I don't think they really care and they're just kind of happy to wait out this his contract all over but it's interesting that all this kind of started this Juventus downfall all started with Ronaldo (laughs) and the fact how they went from being a cohesive unit which made it to the Champions League finals in 2015 and again in like 2017 as well to then be signed Ronaldo to try and take them that next step into the like winning the Champions League and it completely backfired and obviously PSG the other game in that group saw PSG play Benfica and actually drew 1-1 again um Obviously, they dropped points twice now. At PSG against Benfica, who were meant to be the, who weren't meant to be. Well obviously, Juventus were meant to be the team to challenge them, but now um, it's Benfica. And obviously, but this isn't the biggest story to come out of PSG. <laughs> um, obviously, there's stuff to do with Mbappe, and the fact he it's rumoured quite heavily. That he wants to leave PSG, which is is a joke, really, especially considering the fact that everything that happened over the past year, or over the past year, and then what accumulated in the summer with whether he's going to leave PSG or join Real Madrid or whatever, and now it's just all pointless.
1: Honestly, it's such a clown move from both parts. First, PSG trusted trusted that um that Mbappe would stay and he would like be loyal to them even though he's been teasing both PSG and Real Madrid for the best part of three years now and they're like oh yeah of course we can we can make him our star uh re-signing um we're gonna keep him we can be like our statement uh and then immediately after he's like actually no I want to leave um also incredibly stupid from Mbappe himself uh who obviously is, is like a little child basically he can't make up his mind of where he wants to be where he wants to go he's constantly like oh yeah because he was about to join Real Madrid like he, he, he teased Florentino Perez who's not an easy man to tease and and uh, and he makes it seem like he's on his way and then he completely blue balls them and he's like actually no I'm not going he stays at PSG then he's like actually fuck PSG I don't want to be here so now where does he go because he burnt he burnt all his bridges he, he can't go to Real Madrid anymore because he absolutely ruined all of his chances by upsetting the management there like Liverpool? Liverpool don't don't want him they've already made an 80 million euro striker sign, they can't afford another one like that City don't need him either because Haaland is much better than him like, and no one wants no team is going to want a child with his ego and his and his like, whim of just like oh yeah, I want to be here, I want to be there, I want to be the star player uh, all, all of this, his ego is literally going to drive his career to the ground and, and we're already seeing the damage it's doing so it's just a whole circus, really.
0: The Bad decision. Mbappe made was to sign the contract extension. Yes, you could argue, which is his argument is he's been let down um, by by people on the board. But that's got to do with the way his behaviour was beforehand as well. You know, before he signed this contract extension, it was so him and Neymar obviously didn't get along, and they still don't get along now. And it's just all coming to a head. This is made funny by the fact that it—it's potential that Luis Campos, who, who joined in the summer and, and changed PSG from a from what they were to more of a team, wants to leave as well because he's not happy as well. <laughs> so it clearly shows that this idea that PSG wanted and the direction they were going in clearly didn't hasn't worked, and it's all just kind of blowing up in their own face. Then. We saw Milan play Chelsea and win in Chelsea 1-2-0 but there were some very suspect refereeing decisions including Fikaya Tomori being sent off and the penalty um, that Jorginho scored. Um, but apart from that Milan have struggled against Chelsea in the past two games um, but obviously last time Tomori had a Terrible game, and this time Tomori's been sent off. Um,
1: Quite questionable refereeing, to be fair, but also it's it's just funny that whenever Tomori plays Chelsea against Chelsea, has an absolute stinker against them. It, well, in, in this case, it's debatable, but like, is he a double agent? I guess we'll never know.
0: Uh, the other game in that group, so Zagreb drew 1-1 with Salzburg. Then Dortmund drew 1-1 with Sevilla. Obviously the last game between these two saw Giuliano Patelli sacked they replaced him with Giorgio Sampaoli who came back to the the club and obviously this is an improvement drawing 1-1 with um, Dortmund Tanguy Nianzu obviously came from Bayern opened the scoring for Sevilla and then G Bellingham who has scored in all four games so far in the Champions League um, scored the other goal for Dortmund but apart from that it was Dortmund were relatively shaky which is quite a common occurrence. The other game in that group. So Copenhagen actually draw 0-0 with Manchester City. Which obviously is a, is a good achievement for them. Um, but obviously Manchester City were. Not even partially resting some of their players. Obviously this is a very good draw for Copenhagen. But Manchester City still qualified for the next round. Then. Then. Finally, Shakhtar Dignes drew 1-1 with Real Madrid. Obviously, everyone wanted Shakhtar Dignes to win. And they were going to win until Antonio Rudiger equalised in with literally the last kick of the game in the 95th minute to, to take the points. And in the process, he got absolutely battered by the Shakhtar goalkeeper. Then the other game in that group saw... Leipzig beat um, Celtic 2-0 with Timo Werner and Emil Forsberg both scoring which means Celtic can no longer qualify but they were never going to anywhere. So now we'll have our break and then we'll be back with the other games. Break. We will now look at Wednesday games. So, the first one was started is Barcelona Inter Milan, which proved to be quite chaotic. Obviously, Barcelona needed to win to keep their hopes intact of potentially qualifying for the round of 16. However, they drew 3 3 with Inter, and what was just generally quite a chaotic game. The so Barcelona took the lead through Dembele, Inter Milan equalised, Inter Milan oh, scored again to be. Leading Lewandowski then scored to make it 2-2. Robin Goosens then scored to, to give into the lead, which seemed to be the winner in the 89th minute. But then in the 92nd minute, Lewandowski scored again. And it ended up 3-3. But Inter Milan missed a very good chance right at the end when Lataro Martinez, I think, had the chance to square the ball to someone. I think it may have been Robin Gosens who just chose not to. And just had a shot and 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 he missed, obviously. Um, But, obviously, this doesn't really... It may make a big difference, but I doubt it will. As for Barcelona to qualify for the round of 16, they need Inter Milan to lose to Bayern Munich and also to Victoria Pilsen. Which is... One of those is more likely, or is a lot more likely than the other.
1: Furthermore, it's another case of us seeing Barcelona play an actually competent team and not being able to handle them. Xavi has one win in the Champions League in his entire um, managerial career. And considering this is now his, well, he's going to have played about seven games. Only one win is really quite embarrassing. Uh, And and we're kind of seeing all the flaws in Barcelona's system. Granted, their defense wasn't uh, perfect. Uh, they had a lot of injuries in that regard, but uh, but also Inter themselves weren't at their best, and it's like they're playing a weak, a fairly weak Inter team. They're they're decent, but like we've seen, uh, Inzaghi being on the verge of getting sacked, so they're clearly at a fairly weak point. Yet Barcelona still can't beat them, and they can't sh- like exert dominance over over Inter Milan. And I think if if I was a Barca fan, I'd be very concerned because they have a star team they've pulled every single lever they've sold half the club and they can't dominate a team that they should be uh, really just like having full control over so it's it's not looking good it's very much not looking good but uh, we'll have to see how things progress with them and uh, if things improve but it's not uh, unless Inter capitulate and Barca pull out a miracle result against Bayern it's not going to go their way I think and and obviously for and obviously for a club that's in economic crisis tumbling down to Europa League would be, dis- destroy like destroy them.
0: Yeah, spending a second season in the Europa League and also after you've just pulled all those all those levers to end up in the Europa League is quite sad, really. The other game in that group saw Bayern Munich beat Victoria Pilsen four um, two. I think it's more interesting at the fact that Bayern Munich conceded twice. Than the fact they won, um, obviously Bayern Munich have qualified out of this group. They're they're safe, and yeah, there's not really more into this game or to look into. Then Napoli beat Ajax four um, two. Obviously, they dismantled Ajax in the last game, and they've dismantled them again, and it makes you think, it makes you question how how good is this Napoli team, because obviously. They've they beaten Ajax twice quite convincingly, and they also beat Liverpool quite convincingly right at the start of the Champions League as well.
1: They are really quite something different. Not only have they have do they have great Champions League accolades this season, but they're currently sitting top of the of the table. Um, it is a question if they'll manage to keep this consistency up, or if they're just having a really bright start to the season. But uh, they are extremely impressive, and I I hope they can. Uh, keep this sub throughout because they're extremely enjoyable to watch they play very fun offensive vertical football uh with a lot of fast transitions and fast attacks um they're good dribblers and, and they're just entertaining in this particular game against Ajax, uh jury and timber had a bit of a stinker which didn't help very much uh and daily blade's not been amazing either which kind of calls into question like what happens with Ajax now because th- they've switched managers um they've They've sold a f- quite a fair amount of their important players, and now they're occasionally like stringing together some pretty decent games, but uh, but but they, they don't have the consistency that they, that they used to have to, and they don't have the same riz as they had before.
0: Obviously, this does mean I X have to beat Rangers and also beat Liverpool to qualify for the round of sixteen, and and also hope Liverpool lose to Napoli as well. Uh, Liverpool beat Rangers 7-1 uh, Rangers actually took the lead and it looked like Liverpool were going to were struggling once again but they they turned it around and Rangers defence completely collapsed in the second half conceding 6 and uh, Mohamed Salah scored a hat-trick so it does mean Liverpool just need to beat Ajax and then they will be would have qualified for the round of 16. A group, oh, the last two groups have proved to be still wide open and quite interesting. We'll first start with Club Bruges who have qualified for their, have qualified out of the group when I think everyone would have kind of said they're most likely finished last or at least third. But they've somehow qualified after drawing 0-0 with Atletico Madrid and after beating them the previous time as well. I mean, we
1: don't have to talk about this game. But if if we did have to, at least this time Atleti played well. Last time they kind of got locked in and constantly battered by Bruges, which is very embarrassing. Uh, in this game, they at least went and took the initiative and attacked a lot and had a lot of good opportunities. However, Simon Mignolet was on something. He's been on something this entire Champions League. I think after getting bantered at Liverpool, he just went, no, no more and uh, and he's been extremely good he's conceded zero goals in the champions league which is insane um especially considering he had some he had two difficult games against atleti in the, in the latter of which they just didn't stop peppering him and and he's honestly been on something else um he was essentially the reason why bruges pulled out with a good result obviously this is very disappointing for atleti who desperately need uh, a final two good results to qualify to the round of 16 which is absurd um, that they're in this position, considering it's literally the easiest, it's the single easiest group in the Champions League, and they're struggling to qualify. But uh, but oh well, they, they they have to do what they have to do. But um, o- honestly, I th- like they just don't really seem motivated, and the, and the team seems like it it needs something new, something fresh. But uh, we'll see in coming in coming weeks and in and the last games how they how they manage to correct for this.
0: Uh, the other game in that group, supporter beat Leverkusen three now. The difference is, in this game, Porto scored twice with penalties. The other one was a defensive mistake quite early on. Leverkusen actually probably deserved to win. Um, they do have a new manager in Xabi in Alonso, which is quite fun. Um, but yeah, Leverkusen missed a penalty. had two goals ruled out for offside or for other reasons. And they gave away two penalties. And... Obviously, their chances are still there to qualify. They have to beat Bruges and Atletico Madrid, which is, now that Bruges have qualified, it's slightly easier, especially because they also beat Atletico Madrid earlier on in the group stage. And they're a lot better team now as well, although there's only been two games. So it's still unknown how Leverkusen can do. Then Tottenham beat Frankfurt 3-2. Frankfurt actually open the score and they looked like they were and they did give Tottenham some problems after an Eric Dyer mistake but then Son scored twice Harry Kane scored a penalty and Frankfurt had a man sent off um, they did have their chances Frankfurt they did also manage to grab a goal back but it wasn't enough and I think for Frankfurt it's most likely unless they can beat Marseille and Sporting that they will probably be in the Europa League which they won last year so I don't think it, they really will complain that much and obviously the other game in that group saw Marseille beat Sporting 2-0 obviously as I said before this group is still wide open so now we'll look at La Liga
1: yeah so obviously the biggest news uh, in La Liga for, for this week is also Camus Frozen so yeah so in La Liga the biggest news for this week is obviously El Clásico uh, Real Madrid versus Barcelona Enormous, enormous game, really. It's, it's the biggest game in club football. <laughs> it, it simply is. At least in any non Champions League game. Um, what's interesting about this is that uh, they're, as per usual, first and second in the table, with Barcelona being on top on by goal difference, I believe. Uh, however, Barcelona are considerably less good than, than Real Madrid. They've basically just had an easy calendar up until now, as we've discussed in, in a previous episode. Meanwhile, Real Madrid are truly like a top of the table contender. So this is really a test uh, for Xavi, who I've ragged on uh, earlier in this podcast. Um, if he really has the cap- the capability to to remain in these top spots, if he really can beat the actually good teams when it's crunch time, can he actually manage it? Um, I I don't think it's looking very good for Barcelona, but we'll have to see. They do still have they do still have a few important injuries that they're that they're going to have to keep in mind, uh, while Real Madrid are basically perfect um in terms of how they play and who they are and 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 that also more big news in that uh barcelona are even more inclined to lose or even more tipped to lose due to the fact that um because of their spotify sponsor they're going to have to play uh the well the the game el Classico, with uh, drake's logo on the front of their shirt instead of the spotify logo and the drake curse means that uh any team that he supports and any team that he backs proceeds to lose so that's just the way it is because of this because because of this uh very unfortunate fact it very way very well may be that barcelona then proceed to to lose this game and just blame it on drake it's it's easy You, you can do it um but yeah beyond that uh, we also have some other games in the Liga. Athletic Club play. Uh, athletic Club play against uh, Atletico Madrid. It's not really looking good for Atleti. Third versus fourth in the table. Um, Atleti is on paper the better team, but the way when you see them play, they're not. They're not better. And the last time they played each other, Athletic uh, really outplayed the hell out of Atleti. Uh, so I would actually put my my money on Athletic. Um then we also have uh another lovely game which is should be quite funny. It's America versus Sevilla. It's Sampauli's first test uh in the league uh as Sevilla manager. We're gonna have to see if Sevilla can actually pick up their form again or if they're just doomed to keep on tumbling and if it's more and more it's more of a player problem than a manager problem. But uh but yeah, considering they're in the relegation zone, there's not much lower they can go, so so that's it for the League of There's not too many games other than the massive uh a classico and yeah.
0: So now we'll have our anthem break and then we'll be back
1: with the rest of the football. partita <laughs> infinita
0: Es sueños de Welcome back from our anthem breakaway. you've just heard the Inter Milan anthem. So, Nick, what do you rate it out of 10? It's
1: incredible. I love it. It's really fun and, it, and it's and it's vibes and, and it's good. Uh, and it's an Italian, as you would expect. 10 out of 10. I love it.
0: I, I give it a, a 7 out of 10. It's all right. So, we'll now look at the Bundesliga. So, the first place we, we will look at is mainly the fact that Sunday's quite interesting. As we see the top four teams all play each other. And... With that, we see Freiburg play Bayern Munich. It's second versus third, Freiburg being second. Um, obviously, Bayern Munich have struggled as of late. Obviously, they beat Bayer Leverkusen 4-0 since the international break. But apart from that, they haven't won since beating Balkan, which is clearly an issue. And Freiburg are obviously a very difficult team to beat, and this is going to be no real difference. Um, and obviously, Union play <laughs> Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund themselves beat uh, Drew, came from behind to duel with Bayern so they did show some resilience there but Union Berlin, especially in Berlin itself is once again no easy team to play against and it will be difficult for them to beat um, Union but this, regardless of whatever the results that happen the the top four will probably get even tighter then we also see Frankfurt where they play Bayer Leverkusen. and this is obviously Xabi Alonso's next test as manager he obviously beat Schalke had a strong game against Porter but still lost and now they play Frankfurt um, which will be another difficult game to play against then we have Brissi Gladbach. last weekend they beat Cologne 5-2 in a very exciting win in the Rhine derby and they now play a, a terrible Wolfsburg side and then we had a manager casualty as well so last weekend, Stuttgart lost 1-0 to Union Berlin. Uh, they ended up sacking their manager, Pellegrino Matarazzo, who was keen, helping them get him promoted and staying in the league over the past couple of years. But then they, they sacked him because they are winless this season. And they're still yet to find other a <laughs> And they play Bochum. Obviously, also in the second division, we do see Hamburg play St. Pauli in the Hamburg derby. Then in... In Liga, we have PSG playing Marseille. Obviously, PSG drew 0 0 with Reims last weekend. We're in quite a disappointing display by them. And that does basically mean it doesn't mean anything, but the gap between them and the teams at the top have, have closed quite a bit. And obviously, this news about Mbappe and all the discourse that's happening around the club is not ideal. And then Lons, which I think we, we just have to talk about, lost last weekend in the Derby. The Nord losing 1-0 to Lille. So that was their first loss in 18 games. And they play Montpellier. Then finally in Syria, we have obviously Napoli play Bologna. Napoli, the the top team, probably one of the most informed teams in Europe right now. Then we have Milan play Hellas, Verona. And then... Inter play Salah and then we also have the Turin derby which, as we've mentioned before, will probably make no difference to whether uh, Max Allegri is still in charge and still has a job regardless if Juventus actually lose or not. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Please like us, follow us, subscribe and whatever. We'll be back next week.